You are listening to the official podcast of the Mission Redlands. We are a growing community living out God's radical love. Good morning, everyone. Uh, I was so meditating in the words of that song that I completely tuned out, so sorry. Sorry, Abby. Uh, it was just so beautiful. And, and, uh, and I don't know if you did it on purpose, if you aligned that song with the message, but that is so on track, or on track of what the message is for today, or maybe it was just God, um, and so it is more confirmation that um, Jesus came to save us all who are not perfect, you know, who, who have our own brokenness and our own defects as we, as we see them. And so, uh, quick introduction. So, my name is Jesse, and I am very honored and humbled to be part of the uh, teaching team here at the Mission. And today, we're going to start as the, uh, our season, or the four weeks of Advent, as uh, Diana and Scott and Abby already, already mentioned. And so, traditionally, here at the Mission, we have taught the message each week of Advent using the, the classical or the traditional themes, such as hope, peace joy, and love, but this year, um, we decided that we're going to change it a little bit, and we're going to talk about the Advent from the perspective or the lenses of those witnesses who were present um, during the birth of, of Jesus, or who in some way experienced the birth of Jesus, and to try to put ourselves in their shoes with the guidance of the Holy Spirit, and to try to be able to learn and grow or be able to experience what they experience, um, at least in, in the spirit. And so the story, the, the title for today is called The Stories of Christmas. Yes, that, that is right, plural, The Stories of Christmas, because it is going to come from the perspectives of the people who witness the, uh, the, the story with capital S of Christmas. And for today, we're going to be focusing on the shepherds. Remember those shepherds? Uh, when you see the nativity and you see baby Jesus, you see the wise man, you see the shepherds, Mary, Joseph, the animals, and so forth. Well, the, the, the teaching for today is going to be based on, on the shepherds. Um, so, but before we proceed with today's reading or today's teaching, let us go ahead and read from the book of Isaiah, uh, chapter 9, verses 6 and 7. For to us a child is born... To us a son is given, and the government will be on his shoulders, and he will be called Wonderful Consolor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Of the greatness of his government and peace, there will be no end. He will reign on David's throne and over his kingdom, establishing and upholding it with justice and righteousness from that time and on forever. The seal of the Lord Almighty will accomplish this." Let's, let's bow down our head and, and pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you, Lord, for the uh, privilege and the blessing that you have given us to be present here today, Lord, uh, to grow in you, Father, to uh, just be filled out with the Holy Spirit, Lord. And we ask in the name of Jesus that you give us the guidance and the right heart, Lord, a heart of humility, a heart, Father, that is willing and hungered and thirsty for you, Lord, and for your word, Father. 
In the name of Jesus, I pray, Father, that you bless everyone who is here present today, Father, and that when they go back home, Father, they go uh, fire even more fire up for you, Lord, uh, from the perspective of the shepherds. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. 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 So the story of the shepherds is found in only one gospel. It's found in the gospel of Luke. Um, in the gospel of Matthew, um, the author is, starts right away with the genealogy of Jesus and then jumps into the, uh, the story of the wise men and how they follow uh, the, the star and, and interview with Herod, and Herod sent them on, on their way. Um, but it doesn't talk about in detail what happened right before the birth of Jesus. And on, in the book of Mark, the author goes straight to uh, the adult life and the ministry of, of Jesus and his baptism, starting with his baptism. The book of John um, it starts talking about the divinity of Jesus, using uh, Greek philosophical language of, of the time, um, such as the logos and, and how essence and substance can combine themselves and so forth. So that is the philosophical language of the book of John. But in the book of Luke, we see a story, a story told by a historian, so Luke was a historian. He wrote not only the Gospel of Luke, but he also wrote the book of Acts. And, and that was his calling, and he did a wonderful, wonderful job. So he did research. He was a history professor. He interviewed the people and the accounts at the time of the birth, at the birth of Jesus. And so the story of Christmas, as we, as we know, it mostly comes from the, from the book of Luke. So the book of Luke, in chapter 1, we see the history of Zechariah and Elizabeth, just as the mission children were reading uh, for the Advent, the story of Zechariah and Elizabeth. So Zechariah and Elizabeth, uh, the Bible tells us that they were righteous people, that they followed the law, that they loved the Lord with all their hearts, with all their strength, but they couldn't have children, and they were already pretty advanced in age. Right? And then one day, when Zechariah was in the temple, uh, giving a sacrifice to the Lord on behalf of the people, an angel appears. And the angel introduces himself or herself as the angel Gabriel and, tells, and gives a promise to Zechariah that his wife was going to give him a child and his, whose name was going to be John. And for a minute right there, Zechariah falls in unbelief. And so Gabriel tells him, because you didn't believe me, you're, you're, gonna, you're not going to be able to speak until all these things that I have spoken come, come to, to be truth. And, and so it comes that Zechariah's wife, Elizabeth, um, becomes pregnant with, with John. And then the archangel or angel Gabriel appears to Mary. And we know the story of how Gabriel told Mary, uh, beloved, beloved, and chosen, the Lord has found grace on you, Mary, and you will have a son, and you will name him Jesus, right? But Mary was also in disbelief because she was a virgin. How was she able to have a son or a child if she was a virgin? But she believed the angel, right? And then the angel also told Mary that her cousin Elizabeth, who was advanced in age, was also pregnant. And Mary went and visited Elizabeth, and as soon as, Elizabeth, as soon as Mary uh, came into the house and Elizabeth heard Mary calling her, 
John, who was inside the womb of Elizabeth, started rejoicing with joy because the coming of the Messiah was about to come to fruition, right? And so this theme that we see of John, who was inside the womb, feeling joy and, and, and hope of what was about to come, the advent, the coming of the Lord Jesus, the coming of the Messiah, we see this theme repeating over and over with the characters um, who witness the Christmas story. So after, after this, then Mary becomes so joyful, so filled both. Mary and Elizabeth become filled up with the Holy Spirit. And, and Mary can't hope but to praise God, to give Him praise and to uh, adore Him and worship Him because of the mercy and the grace that the Lord had found in both Elizabeth and Mary. And both Elizabeth and Mary took that purpose with humility. They saw themselves as not, being the, as not deserving what, what God chose them for, to be the mother of John the Baptist, that one who was going to be a prophet for the Lord in the wilderness, who was going to prepare the way for the Messiah, and Mary, the mother of the Messiah. So just because God chose them, they didn't feel themselves to be greater than others. On the contrary, they humble themselves before the Lord and they give praise to God because it was only by His grace that they were chosen, not because of anything that Mary had done or Elizabeth, besides having a pure heart, being able and willing to serve the Lord in any capacity that the Lord saw that they would be able to serve. So once Mary leaves the house of Zachariah and Elizabeth, then we start seeing the, the Christmas story uh, of Jesus being born. So at that time, the new emperor of Rome, Caesar Augustus, he ordered a census in all his empire. And we're talking about the largest empire that the earth had ever seen, right? Southern Europe, Northern Africa, the Middle East, Central Asia. So he called for a census, and everybody had to go and return to their town of birth to register for that census. So Joseph and Mary, already being married, uh, traveled to the uh, town of birth of Joseph, Bethlehem. And in Bethlehem, it was, it was packed. So apparently, people were born in Bethlehem, but they left town for larger cities like Jerusalem. So when it, had to, when it was time for them to come back, it was, it was packed, more packed than usual because everything, everybody had to register for that census, and there was no room in, in, in hostels or hotel or hotels or motels. And so when Joseph and Mary were looking for a place to stay the night, besides that they had to stay the night because they were going to register for the census, Mary was also going to give birth, and she was in labor, but they couldn't find any place for them to stay, right? So then somebody offered them to have like, okay, so we have that barn right there with animals. Sorry, that's the best we can do, right? What a place for the Messiah to be born, right? In a very humble uh, manger with, with animals. And so Joseph and Mary went on their way. The Messiah, the Lord Jesus Christ, was born. And they wrapped him in diapers and pieces of cloth and put him in, in, that, in that manger. And that's where the story of our shepherds began. So that night, when Jesus was born, uh, the angel Gabriel appeared. And when I say angel Gabriel, the, uh, the author of Luke doesn't explicitly state that it was Gabriel, but 
it was already Gabriel for the other apparition, so why not this one, right? <laughs> so I'm just going to assume it was Gabriel who appeared to the shepherds. So that night, when Jesus was born, the angel Gabriel appears to the shepherds. And that's where we start our reading in Luke chapter 2, verses 8 to 20. Verse 8, And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around the shepherds, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, do not be afraid. I, am, I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. And today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. And suddenly, as the angel was speaking these words, a great company of heavenly hosts appeared with the angel, praising God and singing, Glory to God in the highest heaven, and on earth peace to those on whom his favor rests. The humble and the lowest of these, those were the shepherds. And the angels, the host of angels who appeared with Gabriel to the shepherds, they were singing, Glory to God in the highest heaven, and on earth peace to those on whom his favor rests. The shepherds, on whom his favor rests. The favor of the Lord that night rested in the shepherds. Right? Chapter, uh, verse 15. When the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. So they hurried off and found Mary and Joseph in, and the baby who was lying in the manger. When they had seen him, they spread the word concerning what, what had been told to, uh, to them about this child. And all who heard it, they were amazed at what the shepherds said to them. My, my dear brothers and sisters, can you just imagine the excitement of the shepherds? They were overly excited and filled with hope and joy. Yes, it is true, the shepherds were mostly uneducated. They were humble. They were poor. Nobody was born at that time in, as, a, as a child saying, when I grow up, I want to be a shepherd. Usually, the trade or the profession of shepherd was left to the least in the family, to the youngest of the family. Remember David? He was a shepherd, and his big brothers were warriors and a strong man, and he wanted to be a warrior too. But his role at the time was to be a shepherd. Not because he chose you, but that was the role that it was set for him as the youngest of the family. So nobody was born wanting to be a shepherd. Right? But these people, even though they were uneducated, they had heard about the promise of the Messiah who was about to come. Right? They were waiting and hoping that this Messiah who was prophesied in Isaiah who was prophesied in Micah, who was prophesied in Ezekiel, in Zechariah, this, in Jeremiah, that this Messiah was going to deliver them. That's the only thing that they understood. That's the only thing that the shepherds hoped for, that they were going to be delivered. In that time, they probably thought that they were going to be delivered from the yoke of Rome. They probably thought that they were going to be delivered from the yoke of the religious class who looked down upon the shepherds right? 
Because why is it that the angel Gabriel and the host of angels who sung Hosanna, who sung Hallelujah and Glory to, the, to God, why is it that those angels did not appear to the Pharisees? Why is it that those angels did, did not appear to the priest, uh, to the priest, uh, priestly class or to the Romans? Why did they appear to the least, to the marginalized, to the most poor, to the unwanted, to the stinky shepherds? Why did the angel appear to them? Right? So, because of the pure heart. And this is a constant theme that we see in, in the Christmas story. Because the Messiah could be born in one of the most noble families of Jerusalem at the time. He could have been born from a rich uh, tribe. But no, he was born from the son of a carpenter, Joseph. And Mary, a, a very young uh, woman who was also unknown or was not popular. And Joseph was not popular. He was a carpenter, right? He lived with his, uh, the breath that he could, he could win by, by his hands, not by what he taught as a Pharisee. So the, this theme of the Lord coming to the pure-hearted, to the ones who are humble at heart, it's a recurring theme because those are the ones who wait for him, who are not prideful. If we have pride in our heart, then we may reject God unknowingly because we, in our pride, we may say, like, God, I don't need you. I can be righteous on my own effort. Or, God, I don't need you. I can do this on my own. And sometimes they don't even realize consciously that what prideful people are thinking is maybe just that. But people who humble themselves before the Lord and who, says, and who say to God, Father, not my will, but your will. I, re I resign, I renounce to myself so that you can live in me. I, re I renounce to my dreams, to my passions, to my hopes, so that your passions, your dreams can live through me and in me. Those people who humble themselves, who unclothe of their ego so that the righteousness of God can clothe them, are the pure at heart. And so, in this historical context, uh, what we have seen from the shepherds, not only that they were the marginalized, but the least of society, uh, we also see that the, they were filled with a hope that this Messiah, who was taught and preached by the Pharisees, was going to deliver them, again, not only from Rome, but also from the oppression of the religious class. And my friends, that's exactly what Jesus came to do. He came to deliver us not only from our sinful nature, which is the greatest thing of all, right? It's, it's amazing and awesome to be forgiven and to be clean and pure and righteous before the Lord. But he also came to deliver us from ourselves, to deliver us from, from our own self-righteousness. And just as pride is hurtful to our relationship with God, so is self-righteousness. And, and that's one of the things that the shepherd had or didn't have, self-righteous, because they saw the Pharisees as self-righteous. And they knew in their heart that there was something better, that God could not be as the Pharisees who oppress and marginalize the poor. The shepherds had a hope that God was different, that the God of the Old Testament was different from the God that the Pharisees at the time were preaching. And so that was the hope 
of the, of the shepherds. And that was the, home, the hope that came to be materialized through the birth of Jesus. Because when Jesus was born, righteousness was also born. When Jesus was born, the kingdom of heaven came to earth. And when Jesus was preaching and teaching as an adult man during his ministry, he says, repent, because the kingdom of heaven is, is near. The kingdom of heaven is here among you. And the kingdom of heaven, says the Apostle Paul, is made of joy, peace, and righteousness. And that's an amazing thing, because Paul says that the kingdom of heaven is peace, joy, and righteousness. And then Jesus tells us, do not worry about what you're going to eat, or do not worry about what you're going to be, uh, the clothes that you're going to be putting on your back. Rather, seek for God's kingdom and His righteousness. So the word righteousness appears twice, because the kingdom of God is righteousness. And if you search or seek the kingdom of God, and also seek for God's righteousness, then you will be fulfilled, you will be complete, and then God will use you for His purpose, just as He used the shepherds. The shepherds were the first um, evangelizers. They were the first people who, who preached the gospel, the good news, because the gospel ultimately is about good news. And the, and the shepherds were the ones who, as soon as they were filled with the Holy Spirit, because they saw the baby who was told to them by the angel, and they saw that it was true, that, that it was true that this baby was the Messiah born from Joseph and Mary in the manger. They, they couldn't help themselves but to spread the news in town. And so the people in Bethlehem who heard these things, they, they were changed. They, they were not the same. The Bible doesn't tell us more about that, but what it does say is that Mary and the people who heard treasured these things in their hearts, and they meditated on, on what what the words that the shepherds were spreading actually meant to them, right? So even Mary didn't see the whole picture of what the ministry of Jesus was going to be when, when Jesus was born. But she knew that that baby was special, that that baby was going to change the world. And Jesus has played history in two, right? We talk about before Christ and after Christ. And not only that, but righteousness is still here with us and the kingdom of heaven is still here with us because because of jesus and so let's go ahead and and read from matthew 5 3 to 12 the word of god says in matthew uh, chapter 5 verse 3 blessed are the poor in spirit for theirs is the kingdom of heaven Blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. Blessed are the merciful, for they will be shown mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called children of God. Blessed are those who are persecuted because of righteousness, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. And blessed are you when, you when you are insulted, when you are persecuted, when you are falsely accused. Blessed are you when all these kinds of evil against you become true. Rejoice and be glad, because great is your reward in heaven, for in the same way they persecuted the prophets who were before you. 
And so the shepherds were also persecuted in a way that they were marginalized by the society of the time. And just as the shepherds had a pure heart, they were able to see God. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. The shepherds saw God because they were pure in heart. Unfortunately, again, the angel didn't appear to the Pharisees, didn't appear to the rich classes, to the noble classes of society. He appeared to the pure at heart because he was prophesied by Jesus even after that when he was already an adult in his ministry that the pure at heart will see, will see God, that the merciful will be shown mercy, that the meek will inherit the earth. And these, my friends, are the shepherds. And these, my friends, are you and me. Because we were not a nation before we came to the feet of Jesus. But now we are a holy nation. We are the people of God. We have been adopted as a family of God. If you, when you picture Jesus and the relationship that the Father has with Jesus, and when you picture that Jesus with his own merit, by his own effort, he was able to win this place at the right of the Father, right? And he is the firstborn. When you picture that, now imagine that we have been adopted as the, as the, as the children of God, the little children of God. What does that make Jesus to us? It makes Jesus our big brother. And this is true. The Father does not discriminate against the young children or the older children. The Father loves Jesus the same way that He loves you. He, if you have children, you don't love your eldest more than you love your youngest. In the same way, God does not love His oldest child, Jesus, any more than He loves you, youngest, right? And so, um, as we, as the worship team comes back and we bow down our head, in prayer. Uh, let's just go home with this, that as we begin this season of joy, let's take some time to meditate on the Christmas story and, and what it means for the righteousness of God to be born, to be materialized here on earth, and for us to be in heirs along with Jesus of that righteousness. So let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you, Lord, because you're always good to us. And on this season, as we approach Christmas, celebrating the Advent each week, Lord, as we get to, to Christmas, Lord, we ask in the name of Jesus that you fill our heart, Lord, with humility, that you give us a pure heart, Lord, just as you gave uh, to the shepherds, Lord. We ask in the name of Jesus, Father, that anything that is obstructing our view and our growth in you, Lord, and our, our uh, learning of your word, that you take that away from us, Lord, that everything that is not of you, Father, be taken away, Father, because we just want to concentrate on you, on your will, on your purpose, Lord, and what it means for us to be made anew, to be born again, Lord, in righteousness, as we remembered the story of Christmas and the birth of our Lord uh, Jesus Christ, Lord. 
And as you said in Matthew chapter 5, verse 3, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. And blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. You are listening to the official podcast of The Mission Redlands. For more information, visit us at themissionredlands.com.